Chapter 30 of Organic Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. Organic Evolution by Richard Swan Lull. Chapter 30, Part A. Rise of Reptiles and Dominance of Dinosaurs. Origin of Reptiles the origin of reptiles from their ancient stegocephalian lineage took place in all probability in carboniferous time and before the close of the permian many of the principal lines of evolution had become established the evidence for this belief is partly direct through the permian paleontological record and partly indirect based upon the appearance in the trias of groups which must have had a long antecedent evolution the Permian strata record the actual presence of no fewer than five out of the fifteen orders of reptiles which are recognized by Williston, and while most of them are primitive forms as one would be led to expect, one group, the Progansaria, represented by Mesosaurus from Brazil and South Africa, is noteworthy in being the first instance of the many which occur of the return of reptiles to the aquatic habitat yet more remarkable is the order theromorpha particularly the so-called polycosaurs among which certain genera have developed riotous growth especially in spinous processes of the vertebra some of which are extraordinarily long while others have lateral processes developed on the spines like the yard arms of a square-rigged ship these fin-backed forms can be viewed in but one light they are racially senile and their utter absence from overlying strata points to their speedy extinction. In addition to the five recorded orders, there is reason to believe, on the grounds mentioned above, that at least six, possibly seven others, had Permian representatives. These are the Shellonia, or turtles, the Sauropterygia, or plesiosaurs, the Ichthyosauria, or fish lizards, the Squamata, lizards only, the Ronchocephalia, or beaked reptiles, the Parasuchia, or ancient crocodiles, and possibly the dinosaurs. Among these, several are aquatically inclined, others terrestrial. The former have been discussed in part in the chapter on aquatic adaptation, chapter 20. The latter, especially the dinosaurs, will constitute the main theme of the present chapter and the next adaptive radiation of reptiles the mesozoic era has been called the age of reptiles for while higher forms the birds and mammals make their appearance during its course arising in all probability when the era was yet young they never seriously dispute with the reptilian horde their right to a place in the sun in fact to all places wherein an animal could live thus osborne's law of adaptive radiation which was applied by its distinguished author solely to the mammals, is equally applicable to these cold-blooded forms. For climactic zones were non-existent or but slightly differentiated, and hence did not limit their poleward distribution as they do now, and, as a consequence of the various habitats which the wide world displays, each had its admirably adapted reptilian denizens, just as the world was later filled with mammalian hosts, central form the central form was doubtless a short-legged crawling cotylosaur such as limnocellus 
a slow-moving, primitive, probably swamp-dwelling type, but potent in evolutionary possibilities. From the cotylosaurs there arose in the course of time other more strictly terrestrial creatures, such as the lizards, many of which have attained high adaptation to speed requirements. Yet another ancient reptile, Cadaliosaurus, from the lower Permian of Germany, was a long-limbed, doubtless, cursorial form. The cursorial adaptation par excellence, however, lay with the dinosaurs, as their bones and footprints show. Arboreal Habitat Arboreal habitat is difficult to prove on the part of any Mesozoic or older reptiles, for if any arboreal forms existed, their remains, in common with those of other forest-dwelling types, would have had little chance of natural entombment and subsequent preservation. But today the arboreal reptiles are numerous and varied. To realize this, one has but to recall the geckos with their adhesive padded feet, or the chameleons with syndactyl grasping hands and feet, and prehensile tail described in chapter 21. There are authorities, moreover, whose belief in an arboreal ancestry for the birds is so firmly established that the presence of climbing reptiles, even in the Triassic or earlier, while having no documentary evidence to its support, nevertheless is by them assumed a priori. Atrial Adaptation Aerial or volant reptiles, such as the pterodactyls, were finely adapted to their habitat, ranging as they did from the size of a sparrow to the largest of nature's flying mechanisms, with ample powers both of varied and sustained flight. But their origin is lost through the imperfection of the record of Triassic life. Amphibious forms. Of the amphibious forms there were many, for increasing humidity, and we have ample evidence of the waxing and waning of moisture, brought with it extensive areas, the peopling of which awakened the water-dwelling instinct that had long been dormant in the reptilian blood. Thus we have as partially aquatic forms the turtles, ancestral plesiosaurs, parasuchia, crocodilia, and certain dinosaurs, the sauropods and trochodontidae, or duckbills. Aquatic Adaptation Truly aquatic life claimed in the course of time certain turtles, the great marine ones of today, and still greater ones, Archelon, of the Cretaceous, the Plesiosaurs, Proganosaurs, Ichthyosaurs, Sea Lizards, Mosasaurs, and the Latosaurs, and Sea Crocodiles, or the Latosuchians. In all, seven orders, either in their entirety or a large proportion thereof. Fossorial Adaptation Fossorial animals are rare as fossils, for while burial is a prime requisite to fossilization, self-inhumation rarely carries with it the necessary imperviousness to error to ensure preservation. Hence, we cannot point to a single ancient reptilian group as of extensive fossorial habits, although in the cotylosaurs and pelicosaurs there are certain forms whose powerful implied musculature of arm and leg points to digging powers of no mean degree. That any were wholly fossorial, like certain living snakes, tiflops, and limbless lizards, amphisbena, we have no proof. Adaptive Radiation of Squamata 
Thus it will be seen that during pre-tertiary times the reptilian adaptations were ample and varied. With the dawn of the tertiary, however, came the final extinction of all but four reptilian orders, one of which is represented by but a single relic form, Sphenodon, found today only in remote New Zealand. This widespread extinction necessarily restricted the range of adaptation, though within the group Squamata, which embraces the lizards and snakes, we have a latter-day radiation comparable, in a very modest way, to the great reptilian radiation of the Mesozoic. For example, we may enumerate ambulatory terrestrial, many lizards, horned toad, cursorial, Chlamydosaurus, the Australian frilled lizard, arboreal, chameleon, geckos, aerial, draco, the flying dragon, fossorial, tipclops, uromoslex, amphisbians, legless, amphibious, many serpents, some of the monitors, varanus, which is a living relative of the ancient mosasaurs, the galapagus, sea iguana, amblyrhynchus, and others. Aquatic, the sea snakes, or hydrophinae, all of which except one landlocked form in Lake Tall at Luzon, Philippine Islands, are marine and are found many miles from land. In fact, Matthew has said of the lizards, if some vast catastrophe should today blot out all the mammalian races including man and the birds, but leave the lizards and other reptiles still surviving, with the lower animals and plants, we might well expect the lizards in the course of geologic periods to evolve into a great and varied land fauna like the dinosaurs of the Mesozoic era. The age of reptiles may well be called the age of dinosaurs, for so far as terrestrial creatures go, they were the all-important forms, the other reptiles individually and collectively forming but the supporting cast to these stars in the great drama of medieval life. Place in Nature that the dinosaurs were reptiles goes without saying, although their appearance, at any rate in the eyes of those who would restore them in the flesh, was sometimes so very similar to that of certain great mammals of today that the uninitiated often confuse relationships and think of Triceratops, for instance, as merely a very huge and somewhat better armed sort of rhinoceros. As reptiles they were exclusively lung-breathing and had a large egg which they may or may not have laid before hatching. This, which is often merely a matter of family convenience, as among certain snakes, cannot be decided until actual eggs or unborn young are found, a very remote possibility. They were scaly or armored, this we know. Whether they were cold-blooded or not is a debated question. Such activity as they must have shown seems to hint at a possibility of warm blood, and such a belief has met with some support. But in the tropical climate which their known habitat implies, there was little more need of a heat-maintaining mechanism than there is in modern cursorial lizards, the Australian frilled lizard Clantonidosaurus, for instance. There is no evidence on the part of dinosaurs of a heat-retaining clothing such as the birds and mammals possess. Living Relatives Of the forms now living, the crocodiles on the one hand, and the birds on the other stand nearest the dinosaurs, and this may be a truer statement than it seems, for, as we shall see, 
the dinosaurs were diphyletic, the two races running separate though in part parallel evolutionary courses, and the one group seems nearer the crocodiles and the other nearer the birds. When one comes to work out a concise technical description of a crocodile and place it beside that of a dinosaur, he will see at once the similarity of the two groups. For instance, Williston thus defines the order Crocodilia. Two temporary vacuities, teeth, thecodont, that is, socketed, a false palate, pubis excluded from acetabulum, hip socket, single coracoid, ribs double-headed, diapophysial, arising from the transverse processes of the vertebra, subaquatic or aquatic, and of the dinosaurs, he says, ambulatory reptiles with two temporary vacuities, no false palate, pubis entering acetabulum, ribs double-headed, diapophysial, to which he might have added single coracoid, teeth thecodont, subaquatic, and for both orders, phalangeal formula 23453 and an intertarsal joint. In other words, the only characters which are not common to both orders are the presence in the crocodile of a false palate, merely a device for eating under water, and found elsewhere, and the exclusion of the pubic element of the pelvis from the hip socket. Ancestral stock. Dinosaurs, as befits their high estate, were of ancient lineage. One of our best authorities on dinosaurian phylogeny, Dr. Friedrich von Huny, derives from them the primitive cotylosaurian stock which arose in carboniferous time and continued until the trias during permian time there arose from the cotylosaurs the group protorosauria of which protorosaurus is the type and out of these in turn the triassic parasuchia huny derives all dinosaurs from the same stock but considers them diphyletic from their origin that is, that the Ornithischia and Sauritia are unrelated save through a common ancestry. Duration The known record of dinosaurs extends from the Middle Triassic, Muschelkalk, to the very close of Cretaceous time. This is particularly true of the carnivorous dinosaurs. The plant-feeding Ornithischia, on the other hand, do not appear in the fossil record until late Triassic, Raetic, but are doubtless older, their subsequent duration being coexistive with that of the carnivores. The sauropoda, or amphibious dinosaurs, are shorter-lived as a race, and they do not appear before the Middle Jurassic, Bathonian, and become extinct in the early Cretaceous, Comanchian. It is highly probable that the recorded beginnings of all of these forms are not so remote as their actual inception. Of their survival into the tertiary, however, as certain authorities have held, there is grave doubt. Distribution Dinosaurs first appear in Germany at Gogolin, Upper Silesia, but this does not necessarily imply that that was their original radiation center. On the contrary, the belief has been expressed that one must go further west, where a great continent is thought by some paleontologists to have extended across what is now the North Atlantic Basin, thus connecting Europe and North America, and that somewhere within the confines of this continent 
the dinosaurs arose and began their worldwide march of conquest. For they extend the world over, across the United States and into Canada, in Brazil, in Patagonia, from England, Belgium, France, and Portugal, to Germany and Austria, in faraway India, even to Australia, and in Africa, in its central, eastern, and extreme southern part. We have no record of their occurrence in Asia, north of the Oriental realm, nor yet in New Zealand, and there is reason to believe that this absence of record is significant. It may, however, be due to lack of discovery. Habitat. Their habitat was varied, but in all probability their initial evolution, that for speed, took place under stress of semi-aridity of climate, and their main lines were eminently terrestrial forms. With the changing climatic cycles which came with the passage of time, came dinosaurian adaptation to humid conditions, so that at least two groups, Sauropoda and Trachodontidae, give indubitable evidence of an amphibious habitat. Habits. In habits, the dinosaurs were nearly as varied as the mammals are today. Carnivorous, some small, preying upon such feeble folk as they might overcome, others giant, the most terrible terrestrial devourers of flesh the world has ever seen. Again, others were herbivorous, some with feeble dentition, the food being drawn unmasticated down a most capacious throat, others with a dental apparatus for the reduction of the most resistant herbage, such as would offer little promise of satisfaction to the living herbivores. In certain instances, the teeth are greatly reduced, as in Diplodocus and Stegosaurus, the reduction accompanying other signs of racial senility. Yet others, like Strutcomomimus of the North American Cretaceous, were utterly bereft of teeth. The dietary of such forms it is difficult to conjecture with any degree of certainty. Size. The minimum recorded size, that of Composegnecus, was about two feet, with the bulk of a domestic cat. The footprints of the Connecticut Valley, however, record the existence of feet half as long as those of Compsognathus, hardly terrible lizards, as the term dinosaur implies. The other extreme was reached by Brachiosaurus of East Africa and Western North America, whose overall length has been variously estimated by its Teutonic discoverers to be upward of 120 feet, but by Matthew not to exceed 80 feet. Nevertheless, it was an animal of such robust proportions that its weight must have been about 40 tons, greater than that of any living being, except the larger of the modern whales. Classification The latest classification of dinosaurs is that of Matthew, 1915, which is somewhat more conservative than the one proposed by von Hune in 1914. An adaptation of Matthew's classification with characteristic genera is as follows. Cohort, Dinosauria, Order, Saurichia, Suborder, Celoisaria, Compsognatha, Podocasaurus, Triassic, Massachusetts, Genera to be described below, Sedurus, Jurassic, North America, Compsognathus, Jurassic, Bavaria, Suborder, Pachypodosauria, Ancosaurus, Triassic, Connecticut, Xandodon, Triassic, Europe, Platyosaurus, Triassic, Europe, Suborder, Theropoda, 
Megalosaurus, Jurassic to Cretaceous, Europe. Allosaurus, Comanchian, North America. Ceratosaurus, Comanchian, North America. Tyrannosaurus, Cretaceous, North America. Ornithodetus, Comanchian, North America. Ornithomimus, Cretaceous, North America. Suborder Sauropoda. Brontosaurus, Comanchian, United States. Brachiosaurus, Gigantosaurus, Comanchian, United States and Africa. Diplodocus, Comanchian, United States. Order Ornithischia, Predentata. Suborder Ornithopoda, Unarmored. Camptosaurus, Comanchian, United States. Iguanodon, Comanchian, Europe. Trachodon, Cretaceous, North America. Corythosaurus, Cretaceous, North America. Suborder Stegosauria, Armored. Scodidosaurus, Jurassic, Europe. Stegosaurus, Jurassic and Comanchian, Europe and United States. Ankylosaurus, Cretaceous, North America. Suborder Ceratopsia, Horned. Monoclonius, Cretaceous, North America. Styracosaurus, Cretaceous, North America. Triceratops, Cretaceous, North America. Tarasaurus, Cretaceous, North America. Contrast of phyla. There are two main phyla of dinosaurs to which the rather unwieldy names of Saurischia and Ornithischia have been given, while undergoing in many ways a remarkable parallelism of evolutionary change show notwithstanding some very constant contrasting features. These two orders may be thus briefly defined. Saurischia, generally carnivorous except the sauropoda, with teeth in the anterior portion of the mouth, compressed slightly curved crowns with serrated margins, or spoon or pencil-shaped teeth, without predentary bone connecting the two halves of the lower jaw, with powerful sharp-pointed curved claws and dense hollow bones with well-finished articulations except in the sauropoda pelvis triradiate with a hip bone or ilium elongated fore and aft a simple pubis directed downward and forward and an ischium directed downward and backward includes the bipedal carnivores and the quadrupedal amphibious herbivorous sauropods ornithischia Predentata. Teeth in rear of jaws only, sometimes forming a wonderful magazine of successional teeth, and a toothless predentary bone in front, which opposed the equally toothless, except in Hypsilophodon, premaxillary bones above, premaxillary bones sheathed with horny skin or a turtle-like beak for the prehension of food limb bones less compact and less well finished at their extremities than in the carnivores claws depressed sometimes hoof-like pelvis tetraradiate in that the pubis consists of two branches one of which the prepubis extends downward and forward while the pubis proper lies parallel with the ischium the ornithischian pelvis is quite suggestive of that of a bird the Saurischian, on the other hand, is more crocodilian. End of chapter 30, part A. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah.